0: You are listening to Agent Court Church's audio podcast. For more information on Agent Court Church, including service times, how to connect, and campus locations, please visit our website at onechurch.to. Zelalem Abebe is a regional secretary for the International Fellowship of Evangelical Students for English and Portuguese-speaking Africa. Along with serving on various boards in Ethiopia, Zelalem is a national director of Alpha Ethiopia, He has served in student ministries for the last 16 years and is currently pursuing his Master's of Arts degree in Christian Leadership at Gordon-Conwell, USA. Zalelam and his wife Meron have two children, Tobias, seven, and Abigail, four and a half. Please welcome Zalelam Abebe. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'm honored to be part of this special uh, week. Uh, Global Focus Weekend and uh, I would like to also pass my gratitude for the leadership team for inviting me to be here with with you. Thank you so much. Uh, before I go to my, written, uh, my testimony and share about the student ministry that I involved, with, I would like to reflect. For a few minutes on the scripture. I'll read from Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. It says, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. This has been the anchor for my passion and ministry as I serve students and university. Uh, young people it it gives me purpose It, it answers my question sometimes I ask why I labor why I pass through pains as I serve but Paul he gives me an answer he passes through pains of childbirth to see Christ is formed in the lives of the people Actually, says, again, he is in the pains of childbirth. That means he passed through this kind of pain before. When he, he went to share gospel and when he went to bring Galatians to Christ, he passed through this kind of pain. Now he's again in another pain. Why? The second pain is to see Christ formed in the lives of Galatians. Paul uses this illustration as of childbirth pain to compare his burden to see Christ in every aspect of believers' life. Labor or childbirth pain is one of the most unbearable pain anyone can pass through. I when my wife gave birth for our first children ch- child, I went with her to hospital. And as a strong person, I went to the delivery room. <laughs> Unfortunately, I stayed only for a few minutes. <laughs> they took me out. Actually, they, they had to give me water to recover. <laughs> Just, I heard a voice that came from the pain of childbirth. Paul views himself as a mother. Actually, mothers feel this more. He sees himself as a mother and calls them my children. Paul's appeal to Galatians were not in vain it's based on his first labor. He, as I said before, he passed through that labor to bring them to Christ. Now he's another labor to see Christ formed in them. Actually, we can see this from his letters for Thessalonians, from uh, his, his uh, letters to Philippians. In First Thessalonians chapter two, verse seven to eight, He says, but we were gentle among you just as a nursing mother, cherishing her own children, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear for us. This challenges me. Paul sees himself as a nursing mother. When we we think of nursing mother, she's not there only to feed her child. Also, when it's necessary, she's ready there to give her life for her child. Paul compares, takes this illustration to himself. And he says, we are not here just to give you a gospel. We are not here to, to preach to share the good news, but also, if it's necessary, we are here to give our lives to you. Because when we see the context of Thessalonians, before he came to Thessalonians, he were in in Philippi. When we read Acts chapter 16, we can see the whole story, how they suffered in Philippians. They were beaten to death, they were put in prison, and humanly speaking, that's the time for them to go back to Jerusalem from Philippi. they do not supposed to come to Thessalonians, to the next city to share the gospel. But in chapter 2, verse 1, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, he says, But we were bold enough to take risk to come to you and share the gospel. This is what he calls Labor. This is a pains of childbirth. But in the context of Galatians, he's again in the second level of pain. Because these people, they heard gospel, now they are Christians. But as he says in chapter 3, Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified in their very eyes. But by the news that he heard, he was shocked. That's why he's writing to them. What happened to you, Galatians? Christ was portrayed as clearly in your eyes as crucified. But now why you are moving your eye from him? They moved their focus from Christ. And now they are looking something else for their salvation. They are looking something else for solution. So he says, now I am again in the pains of childbirth. So that I can see Christ is formed in you. Brothers and sisters, this is my my labor actually. My pain. I served in student ministry for maybe 20 years now. Whenever I see young people in my nation, in Africa, this is my labor. First, my labor is to to bring young people to Christ. The second one is to see Christ formed in their life. So that wherever they go, to reflect Christ. Whatever they do, to show Christ for the world I think this is also a reminder for us today. Sometimes there are many things that divert, distort our our sights. There are many invitations, many options that push us to see other solutions than Christ. But Paul, he reminds us to fix our thoughts on Christ for every solution. We are saved because of him, by his grace, not by our work. So we need to stick and focus to Christ. We don't want to look at a solution for our life. He is our solution. So this is my prayer today so that God help us to fix our thoughts on Jesus and exhibit his life in every movement of our activities, our lifestyle. God help us. Let me introduce my family to you. These this, this are my family. I call them my primary mentorship team. And God blessed, blessed my, me and my wife with two kids, Tobias and Abigail. As you see, Abigail is a character, the way she, you know, seen the picture. My Christian journey started when I was in high school. The foundation of my today's ministry was built when I was in campus. My real encounter with Jesus when I was first year student in university changed everything. As a result, upon my graduation, I did agriculture engineering, but I found myself in ministry. I, di- I directly joined the student ministry in 1999. After serving for four years in one of the region in Ethiopia, coordinating eight campuses, then I knew, I found that I came to know clearly and confirmed that I'm not going back to my agriculture, so I decided to go to theology school, I did theology, and when I graduated in 2006, I joined, I, I was called as a general secretary for the student ministry in Ethiopia, and served until uh, 2015. Just just to tell you a little bit about the student ministry in Ethiopia. The student ministry in Ethiopia started back in 1962, just with five students. They came together for Bible study. And by God's grace today, we are serving more than 45,000 Christian students in universities. Actually, it's close to about 50,000 now. This makes the Ethiopian student movement one of the fastest and the largest growing movement even in the world. You know, in Tarvarsity here, we are sister organizations. There are about 150 student ministers under IFS, International Fellowship of Evangelical Students. And now, we are working with them, and we are Ethiopian student movement become the fastest growing movement. Here I would like to uh, take this opportunity to appreciate and thank you because in this of our journey, in this growth, Pentecostal Assembly of Canada's church is involved in many ways. Supported us, our staff. Actually, I remember once they were, they were even covering one-third of our staff salary. They stood with us in training in many ways. So I would like to appreciate and say Thank you. And also just to give you a brief highlight about what the student ministry is doing in Ethiopia. Now, as I said, we are 50,000. We have staff. We are serving in 157 universities and colleges. We have special passion in few areas. The first one is evangelism and mission. Students are very committed to share the gospel for their friends in campuses. They use different kind of methods to go and to share the good news. Because of this, every year, 1,400, this is a very conservative number, the average number, 1,400 students get saved every year. This is big number, brothers and sisters. I got opportunity to travel many places. Especially when I travel to Europe. Sometimes the whole, the whole national movement student number is not like 1,400. So we, we are grateful for the spirit of God who is helping us to reach student. At the same time, we always appreciate students who are very gifted and very committed to go. And not only in the campus, they also go out for mission in different parts of the country where very difficult areas. And every 2,700 average number people are coming to Christ through only student ministry. Sometimes they go to very difficult areas, especially in the northern part of the country They are beaten. Sometimes they are put in prison. But next year, though the same students are willing and passionate to go again, the same place. And we are also grateful for their commitment. So mission and evangelism is one of our area that we are really doing very well. In terms of leadership, the other area we are working on is leadership as most of you know, we need godly leadership in Africa. We need people. Sometimes in some countries, like system function well, so one people doesn't matter, like. But for us, there is no a lot of systems. So a person is a system in most of African countries. So we are called to to bring up those godly leaders. We saw in our country how one man can make a difference. Now the, our new prime minister is a Christian, born-again Christian. You can Google and see what he's doing now. I mean, he is transforming the nation. Not only Ethiopia, but you can see he is, he, he, he is becoming a model for even for East Africa and even Africa. Just it has been like six, seven months now he became to the position but he's doing amazing things. There are many fruits of student ministries like the previous education minister. Now, I have a friend who is a minister of science and technology, a deputy. We were, we were in the same batch. Last week, I went to visit him with one of my friends just to ask how can the student ministry, how the graduates can support the nation. This is a privilege for us, raising godly leaders. The other area is discipleship, mission and evangelism, leadership development, and the third one is discipleship. We do different activities. We do different training. One of the the training, I mean, the, the, the teaching conference that we had called Let Your Kingdom Come. This is all about how to make Christian professionals bring kingdom values to their profession and their lifestyle. Also, this is a good opportunity for me to appreciate this church stood with us in this aspect. You stood with us in this project. So I would like also to thank and appreciate you for this. Just to conclude about Ethiopia, then I will briefly give you some highlight about Africa since I am now in charge of 28 countries in Africa. 180,000 students, young university students are working with, with me and with my team. Just to give you about a brief, a brief highlight about Ethiopia. Ethiopia is, one, I mean, the second populous nation in Africa now, next to Nigeria. We are 104 million, and 43% of them are Orthodox Christians, 33% are uh, Muslims, only 20% are evangelical Christians. What excites me more about the population is 70% of the population are under age of 29 thus 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 that gives me hope when i think of my nations that gives me hope 70 69 point something that's 70 percent also we as as ethiopia we are placed in very strategic location in the horn of africa we are surrounded by other religion dominating countries like Somalia, Djibouti, Sudan, most of them are like Muslims, and we we believe and we think we are called for these neighboring countries. In terms of the big picture of Africa, especially in the Horn of Africa. There is a big opportunity. At the same time, very challenging. I will share with you some stories, difficult ones. A few weeks ago, I and my friend went to Eritrea. It used to be very difficult to go that there because of the relationship. But now after the new prime minister, the Christian, when, after he came, he changed everything. Now we are able to access and to go to Eritrea. Praise the Lord. That's a good and very encouraging news for us actually. So we went there to spend few days with the church leaders. This country is the most difficult country, place to be evangelical Christian. The, their function, churches are functioning underground for the last 16 years. They can't do anything openly everything is underground when we went for prayer we should go one by one or two by two to get to the room it takes maybe 30 or more minutes it's difficult to go together even it's common to hear them being in prison from two years to 14 and a half years This gentleman that you see in the, in the screen was the board chair for student ministry in Eritrea. He was one of the active leaders in the church and well respected professionals who were working for the government. But just because of his faith, they put him in prison. Not only in prison, it's desert camp prison for four and a half years. After his release, he got sick, resulted from the torture and suffering while he was in prison. He stayed only a few months, not even a year. He passed away. He's very young, gifted, passionate for Christ. He left Leaving his family behind. He gave his life for Christ. But the good news is, even in these difficult times, in these difficult persecutions, people are coming to Christ. Many people are in Eritrea coming to Christ. This is something encouraging. The government or people can, can put people in prison but they can't imprison the gospel. This is the truth. We can put people in prison. We can persecute people. We have this experience as Ethiopia. Few years back, like 25 years back, we passed through communist regime. and. It was a very tough situation. When the Ethiopian church went to underground, the number of Christians were about 2 million. But after 17 years, when we came out of the public, we were about 10 million. Can you imagine this? sometimes even i can say like when you persecute people the gospel it it grows even more you can't hold because of the holy spirit the same story for sudan is difficult to function publicly But still the same truth. Gospel is expanding, growing. For all this, we, we bring glory to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the one who is doing the job. We are just a symbol. like we are there just to be used by Him. Our responsibility is to make available myself, ourselves, then He is the one who is using us for His glory. I have a lot of stories to share, but because of the time, I believe this is enough for you to give a big picture and ministry opportunities in the Horn of Africa and beyond. But we have finally, here are some of our prayer requests. We ask your prayers for churches who are suffering and passing through persecution, like Eritrea and others. It's not easy. It's very difficult. When we went there, we were trying to ask to share their life to us. And one of the young men, he's very young. He's professional. He told us he got married. And on his second day of honeymoon, they took him to prison. And he came back after two years. This kind of story is common. For them, they tell you like very, I mean, easily. Like they tell you like, we were here, then they took us. After two, three years, we came back. But still, they are strong. I mean, they are very dependent on Holy Spirit. They are doing a great job. So we, we ask your prayers for this countries. Also, I ask a prayer for student ministry across Ethiopia and Africa. As I said, in Africa, now I'm serving about 180,000 young people, university students. This is a big opportunity. This gives me hope for Africa. If we equip them if we pray with them, they can make a difference. They can bring a change for the nation and the continent. So I, I ask your prayer for this and also for more boldness and wisdom to share the good news in the region. Some places we need boldness, some places we need wisdom. So we need both depending on the where and which country we are talking about. Finally, you will be also in our prayers. And I conclude by reading this verse, Philippians chapter 1 from 3 to 5. It says, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the gospel, the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. This is a verse that I leave with you. We pray for you. When we pray for you, we we pray with joy. Because we know that you were with us as we take gospel for those difficult areas. You stood with us and still standing with us in different ways in your prayer in your generosity so we always pray for you with joy thank you so much again for your partnership and god bless you richly thank you so much make sure you don't miss a message by subscribing to this podcast All creative content and production for this podcast is provided by the One Church Creative Team.